Hello to the loves of my life and welcome back to yet another episode of Miss Congeniality. Happy Friday if that's when you're listening. I hope it is because I love a Friday. Even though I think we all decided Thursday is the best day of the week. Correct me if I'm wrong. It is. Like, I think I said that on last week's episode. But anyway, to give you a rundown of what we have going on this week, I'm going to give you guys some updates. But then we have a really exciting interview with one of, really one of my, like, she doesn't know she's one of my, like, mentors from afar, idols, I don't know, Ashley Hesseltine of Girls Gotta Eat and so many other things. If you're not familiar with her and her podcast, you guys are going to fucking love her. Like, she just inspires me so much. And I think... I spoke about this in the I'm in my mid-20s, what the fuck do I do now episode, but I was talking about how listening to women that were on a similar path to me talk about their own paths like is literally what saved my life. Like The ability to hear women be like, I don't know if I want kids. I don't know if I want to get married. I don't know if I'm going to get married. I want to be a business owner. I want to talk about sex online. I want to do all this stuff and like actually be so successful. Like I look up to Ashley so much. And so it's such an honor that she was willing to come in the pod today. So we're recording virtually because unfortunately I'm not in LA. Um, actually, not unfortunately. We love New York City around here. But Ashley's the guest. And even if you don't listen to Girls Gotta Eat, I'm begging you to stay and listen to the guest ep- like part of this episode because she's just wonderful and you guys are going to learn so much. But I have some updates and announcements. First of all, and most excitingly, I have announced the first stop of my book tour on December 12th, the day the book comes out at 7 p.m. in New York City at Sony Hall. I'm so excited. Tickets are on sale right now and they're going fast. We're already about halfway sold out. So if you're interested, run and get your ticket. And each ticket includes a book. And I know a lot of you have already pre-ordered the book and to that I am very grateful. But I was thinking something fun that we could do is that you could bring the book you already pre-ordered and I will sign both of them and you can gift a copy um, or do whatever you like with it. And also every single ticket includes a little post-show reception where we can meet each other in person. Finally, it feels like such a long time coming. And just so you guys know, there's so many other stops happening on this tour beyond just New York. So if you're not in New York, trust me, we're going to meet. There is going to be a time in the near future where I am at a city near you, which is crazy. But I'm so excited. I'm so grateful to my team. And I just think that this show is going to be really special. I mean, I've never done this kind of thing before, but planning it all out and kind of having the game plan for what the show is going to look like has been so exciting. There's going to be special guests. There's going to be surprises. There's going to be, it's just going to be a really, really fun and good night that I absolutely can't wait for. So if you're in the area, please consider coming. Tickets are available at the link in all my bios so you can hit them up and buy them and it's going to be awesome. So that's everything about tour. And I just got back from Texas. I was in Austin and Houston for the past few days. So lovely to visit with my boyfriend's family. I absolutely love uh, Austin. You guys know that about me. It's just one of my favorite places. It's a really special place to me. And I don't know, people ask me why a lot. They ask me for wrecks a lot. It's not even like that where I'm like, oh, I know everything about this place. It's more so just like the feeling I get when I'm there is so like hopeful and open and like ready and excited. I don't know. It just makes me feel really good and like happy. And it's just a really special place to me. And I don't know, maybe one day I'll live there. It's it's just a place that I know is like going to be a part of my life somehow. I'm big on gut instincts. I know you guys know that about me. So we were in Austin and then we went to Houston and it was lovely. I will say, I just like airplanes, bro. Like traveling on planes is such a fucking thing. Like it's just so annoying. Like we got home last night at midnight and I was just like, I knew I had so much to do today. It's Wednesday, August 30th at 2.46 p.m. 
And I was like, this is going to be hell. And it's been fine. You know, we're grateful for it all. But it's been a a bit of a wild day. I will say one thing that's getting me through is this Ariana Grande, yours truly re-released album for the 10-year anniversary. And I think I've decided that I might be... I might be entering my first fandom. Like, I don't really know what it means to be in a fandom, but like, I might be an Arianator. I think that's what they call themselves. Like, I don't feel like I'm in yet. You know what I mean? But here's my thing. When I was like 13, 14, 15 years old, Ariana Grande was everything to me. Like, because like she was originally a Broadway star, 13, the musical, Jason Robert Brown, she played Charlotte. It was iconic. And then she was in Victoria's, which I fucking loved. I had convinced my dad to take me to get my hair dyed red like Ariana Grande. My mom vetoed that really quick and said she would file for a divorce if my dad came home from the hair salon and my hair was red. So unfortunately, I didn't do it. But I was obsessed with her. I wanted to be her. Like everything about her. And that album was literally such an integral part of like my teenage years. And I feel like we always talk about inner child, inner child, inner child, but like inner teenage girl guys, like when I listened to this fucking re-recorded album, I was like, I feel like I'm 16 years old again. And the thing was like the person I was when I was 16 and 17 is pretty much who I am today. Like I was this girl that just wanted to be a writer and sat in her room and listened to show tunes and Ariana Grande. And I kind of lost that when I went to college because I was so like, I was so like embarrassed of who I was almost that like it wasn't cool or whatever, but like fuck being cool. Who cares? Like it's not even a thing. And I just feel like so comforted by the idea of my teenage self and like how much she just like did what felt good. And that this album reminds me of that so much. I am literally obsessed with it. People are like, aren't you mad at her? I'm like, I don't like, I I know nothing about that at this moment in time because nobody said no one has come out from the other side of things like who the fuck knows like let me let me live let me listen to my music okay like let me listen to my music thank you like god over the weekend I finished reading um once more with feeling by Elisa Sussman I would recommend it to theater kids if you're not a theater kid don't read it because like I would say 50% of the charm is in this like incredible way that she just knows all the fucking theater references. Like she knows her way around a goddamn theater reference and it serves. I would say it was a really sweet book and like, she's a very good writer. I don't know if I would like her other book as much, like the one that was very TikTok viral only because like what drew me to this book so much was like the theater of it all and like the Broadway of it all. So if you're a theater kid, read this fucking book. You'll love it. I just started yellow face first five pages. I know I'm going to love it. I'm so excited. I'm, I'm no, I'm going to love it. And I'm on the finale of the Kardashians. So that's what I'm watching on TV. I also want to mention that I watched the first episode ever of keeping up with the Kardashians. And you guys know, I love the Kardashians, right? I'm going to be unapologetic in my love for them. And it's always going to be something that I love and it just comforts me so much. But watching that go walk like no this is your homework go watch the first episode of keeping up with the kardashians on prime video it is like incredible like how far they've come and like okay like whatever say what you want about them altering their appearance i don't know like the most recent episode that i watched was like the second to last one before the finale and i don't know i just felt like chloe was talking about like being in the public eye and like how pressured she felt to alter herself and all these things and it was just like really sad and heartbreaking to me. And like, I don't know, they've always just been this like close family. And like at the end of the day, like Kim K, that that's a woman, that's a self-made woman. Like that's all I have to say. I don't know. I've just really been absolutely loving keeping, watching the Kardashians. So to go back and watch the first episode of Keeping Up, like there was something like, it was like a warm hug to me and it was genuinely like the best. I just absolutely adored it. So that's your homework um, for the week.
But I think we're just going to get into the episode this week, the interview this week. I'm so excited about it. I absolutely adore Ashley. I think it's going to be amazing. And please, please, please come and meet me and hang out with me at the live show on December 12th. I will love to have all of you guys there. If you have any questions, let me know. If you're worried about going alone, I'm going to be making group chats so everybody can meet somebody to go with if they're anxious about going alone or come alone and meet someone. That's the whole point. I'm so excited and I love you guys so much. And if you need anything, I'm always just a hop, skip and a jump away. And without further ado, let's get into this week's episode. I'll see you next time. Hi guys. I am so, so, so excited for today's guest. You guys know how much I love her and look up to her. We have the hilarious stand-up comedian and co-host of the wildly popular podcast, Girls Gotta Eat, and the co-founder of the incredible sex toy company, Vibes Only. And I've had the immense privilege of trying some of the products and we're going to talk <laughs> about them. And like, they're good. Like I never thought about a blow gel before, but they're good. <laughs> so please welcome <laughs> Ashley Hesseltine to the show. Hi, welcome. Hi, I'm so excited. You love the Vibes Only products. I was like, wow, are, are we going in that direction? I love it. <laughs> uh, immediately and right away. I mean, I think I was saying this on a podcast of mine recently, but I was talking about how like the one thing that always made me feel more comfortable and confident about like coming on the internet and talking about sex was like watching other women do it. And when mm-hmm. I was in college and stuff, like obviously I'm four years post-grad, but even then there weren't as many people as there are now. And like podcasts like Girls Gotta Eat paved the way for like people like me and other people to be able to like feel comfortable being like, yeah, I have 20 vibrators, like what of it? And you guys should just be so proud. (laughs) You should just be so proud that you've like done that for so many people. Thank you for saying that. I mean, I talk about this a lot because I, I mean, yeah, I would have loved to have podcast like ours and others around when I was, you know, in my younger 20s, all through my 20s, quite honestly, you know, they just weren't really a thing. And we were asked this question when we were recording with a guest recently of like, where did you even get your sex education? And I was like, definitely not school, you yeah. know, like Cosmo magazine, I guess, you know, but that was sex very in like, the city. <laughs> yeah, sex in the city. Yeah. Which, but I mean, I started watching that. Yeah. In, in college. So those are like the two things I really credit was like magazines and then sex in the city. Um, but I always felt like weirdly, comfortable uh, with sex toys. Like I started hosting these pure romance parties, not to like name a competitor of vibes only, but I don't, you know, they're the kind of like the old school, like, I think it's quite, I think it's like an MLM, (laughs) but like I would host those like those parties back in the day. And, um, I had this picture me that I posted on like Facebook that was like me next to all these vibrators. And so I always felt really comfortable, but I also wasn't as comfortable as I a, am now and B, I feel like people really are on the internet where people are doing ads for vibrators and you're like, look at all my vibrators. I'm about to go masturbate. I'm like, this is incredible. Like this was not like this five years ago, really 10 years ago for sure, where everyone was just so open about like yeah. masturbation and vibrators. I like love to see it. No, seriously. I remember that I got my first vibrator when I was in college. And I remember like the mm-hmm. way it was so awkward because like nowadays my <laughs> friends are all like giving each other wrecks and I would be like, oh, I tried yes. like, I tried the vibes only blow gel. Like you have to try this or whatever. But back then it was like the most awkward thing in the world because other people weren't like talking about it. It wasn't like I could go on a podcast and like hear women be like, yeah, this is my favorite vibrator and I use it, which just like automatically makes you feel more comfortable. A hundred percent. Like I would even be, you know, you wouldn't want someone to see it when they come over. And now oh, it's yeah. like, I don't put the, put these away. The, this is also my business, but it's just, it's really changed. I feel like even recently again, and I 
I really, I love it. And we're just like talking about like blow gels and it's the best. <laughs> like it's so open and candidly. Yeah, it's amazing. No, I love like whenever I'm listening to you and Raina on the pod and I'll be like on the subway in New York and it's like some dirty ass sex story. And I'm just like sitting amongst all these like businessmen <laughs> going to the office and I'm like, this is my shit right here. Like this is empowering. <laughs> but I love that. <laughs> I would love if you could describe your path into this a little bit for people who might not know, because I just think your story is really inspiring. And I just think comedy can be such a male dominated space. And I know you talk about that a lot. And like for you to have like risen up to like doing, you know, places like the stand and feeling so comfortable on stage and doing the podcast and all this stuff. And you're so funny. I would just love to hear from your own words, like kind of what your journey and path was and like all the feelings that came along with it. Yeah. Um, so I mean, I, I recently turned 40. So I, and I talked about this on our podcast. It was like, uh, I had mixed feelings about it, you know, and yeah. then I just had to, I just say that cause I like to kind of talk about like when I went through all of this, you know, like I kind of feel like it was a little different than what people in their twenties like deal with today, you know, like I feel like I kind of got my footing before like really social media of like the whenever, like full blown, you know what I mean? Like obviously yeah. we had it, but it was just like, I'd say that kind of, to, to tell people to like give themselves more grace. Cause I think it's a little harder today to see what everyone else is doing and comparing yourself. Totally. Like I didn't really have that as much. And I feel really lucky for that. And there's nothing you can do if you didn't grow up yeah. <laughs> like a long, you know, when I did. So I always just kind of like preface it with that where like, keep in mind my age, I guess. And like the, when I, when I grew up and when I was in my twenties, when you think about like where you are and where, you know, the people that are at that age in your audience are. Um, but I, I, I mean, I always knew I wanted to like be like a performer, I guess. And like, I always liked, you know, being like creative. I was always a writer. I took like creative writing classes when I was a kid and things like that. So like a writer was kind of what I wanted to be, but I also, I was never like, I'm not going to be this like I feel like you in the sense that when I think of a, I thought of a writer, I thought of Carrie Bradshaw. Like I yeah. still want to be like on the scene and like a person in the world, not yeah. like just a no-name writer, which or is like, also fine too, but like that's not how I felt. And yeah. then I kind of thought I wanted to be in PR. I dabbled in that for a little bit. And I was like, wait, I don't want to be in PR. I don't want to be promoting other people. I want to be the person that needs to help yeah. you know? yeah. So I kind of always felt that way. And I graduated from Clemson and moved to Atlanta. And I started working for this magazine right away. And I was like a full, full blown unpaid intern. Like, I don't think it's even like legal today. Like no college credit, no money. It's just like Damn. working, um, like for like my parents were like helped me out. I was living very cheap in, in Atlanta at the time, but that was like the first thing I did in that world that kind of everything from then just kind of built on, on itself. Like it was just my advice is always like, make sure you're just like moving the goalpost a little bit in your life. You know, if you think yeah. you want to do this thing and you're doing something completely the opposite, you know, you don't want to be in corporate America, but yet here you are like, just consider those things. Cause I always felt like no matter what I did, even if it was times of like, I hate this, I I'm underpaid, of course, you know, this and that, and I'm working so hard and I'm like, a, like, you know, a slave to this job. It was like still moving forward in the right way. So I worked for this magazine. I, again, like I said, dabbled in PR. And I think all along the way, I was like, I just don't, I'm not good with like bosses and people tell me mm. what to do. I want to be in charge. I want to work for myself. And um, when I was 27, I just quit this job I had at a PR agency and just thought, felt like I had enough 
freelance writing gigs to pay the rent barely and was like on my own from then on. Um, so, you know, that was in 2010 and I did, I really struggled. I mean, I really was like barely paying my bills, but like still like moving forward. And, um, I got a really great writing gig as the editor of this, um, old site and newsletter called daily candy. That was like huge for me. I was their Atlanta editor. And, um, then I started blogging and that really did really well for me. Um, and I had some things like really take off and my blog at the time was I started covering more like pop culture, social media phenomenons, things like that. Like, and that's what kind of transitioned into me creating this Instagram account called bros being basic. And that was like a parody account of guys doing the stuff that girls do on Instagram. And that was really successful for me. That was like my main thing for years. That was like paying the bills. It had almost a million followers. I worked with all these brands. It was a really fun time. And Along the way, I started doing comedy. I just felt like people who I looked up to that were doing what I thought I wanted to do in life, people like Chelsea Handler, for example, were, were like every all those people did stand up. I felt like yeah. it was this rite of passage and I was like, I have to do it. It's something that scares me, but I really think that I'm meant to, to do. And I, um, I did that and I was in Atlanta at the time. This is like my late 20s. And I was doing some like random radio stints and some TV things like on like low local news. And so all these things, I just felt like I was becoming a part of like being in entertainment with doing stand up, doing some radio and TV, and then the blogging that went into like the technic, like quote unquote influencer, that word wasn't around them, but that's, yeah. I guess what I was in terms of like making money on Instagram and working with brands. And, um, then I moved to New York and I knew that a podcast was like the thing I wanted to do. I was in a relationship that was ups and downs and just volatility, but a lot, you know, we were in love and we weren't, and it was just, it never, it didn't work. And that kind of made me like obsessed with relationships in a way. And I was like, I just want to like kind of talk about this shit as a job and learn more and but make it funny. And I felt like I really wanted to have this podcast and I wanted it to be about dating and relationships. And I've always been really open about my sex life and all those types of things tied in together. And that's like what I felt like was the next natural step for me in this kind of like writing, blogging to influencer to podcasting with like stand up along the way. Yeah. I guess. Sorry, that was like a very long-winded response, but no, I, lo- I love <laughs> like the response. 20 years to tell you about. <laughs> but also I think it's so interesting what you said in the beginning, like keep in mind we didn't have social media and the comparison wasn't as out of control back then. Because I think yeah. one of the reasons that like people my age and even people younger than me are like absolutely freaking out about not knowing what they want or not being like not having made it at the age of 24 because they're watching other people that they perceive to have made it. And it's like, you were, you know, in your late twenties, early thirties, when you finally got to the place where you were like, this is it. And I think a lot of people think that they need to be 21 and have their whole life figured out. I totally agree. I think about this all the time. I mean, I, even when I moved to New York, I was 32, I think. And hadn't made it at all. I lived in a, like, I was able to had a, I had enough money and savings to like live alone and you know, which, you know, was, was 
a feat in and of itself, but still it wasn't like making money, money. And I feel like I hadn't fully, I was freaking out a little bit. I mean, when I met Raina, we were both in this place of life of like, what's next, you know, like it, I was making less and less on Instagram, you know, and I'm like, what am I going to do? Like what's next? And I've, I've always figured this out. I've always pivoted. I need to have confidence in myself and know that I will. And then, you know, I feel like we like made it, made it (laughs) where we were like, oh, this is it. This is like the way we, you know, we're making this money. We have all this success. It was like a dream. Like our dreams came true, but everything up until then in both of our lives had kind of led us to that, like me, especially in terms of all the things I was doing and like media and whatnot. But I, I mean, I think about this all the time. Like, I don't know that I would have been able to get past all of that comparison if we would have had social media to the level we have today when I was in my young twenties, when I like could barely pay my rent. And you see these like, you know, teenage millionaires and everybody seems like they're like jet setting. And it's like, that's so crazy for me to comprehend. Like I could barely afford a bachelorette party when I was like 26 even. Um, so it's tough. And I, I just want to, I, I do like to use my story as an example. Like I didn't feel really even stable financially till late in my twenties. I don't feel like I made it, made it till, you know, well into my thirties. And, um, you know, I didn't, find someone that I really fell so in love with that I think is, you know, who I'm going to be with until I write it when I turn 40. Which we (laughs) love. Like, yeah. So it's just like, I always want people to not worry about those timelines. If you feel like you're moving in the right direction, I think what's, what people aren't doing is they're just stuck and they're just, you know, all they're doing is spiraling about everybody else and comparing themselves to everybody else without actually making moves like in that direction. So if you feel like you're moving forward a little bit, like you're, you're hopefully like on the right track. Yeah. And I'm sure when you guys finally like started to find such immense success with GGE, you probably looked at each other like, wow, all the other shit that didn't work out for us in the last like 10 years of our lives, like it all makes sense now. Cause like, this was what was meant to be. And I know you guys are like big on manifesting and I know you specifically are big into like all of that kind of stuff. And like, in a way you were just manifesting it this entire time. Like it was exactly what was meant to happen. Yeah, it it really was. And I do think like the stuff I'd done before, like worked out, it just didn't like blow up where I was like, this is, you know, going to be the rest of my like life and career. But it was like, Rain and I always kind of say that we've always been two people that like fail kind of fast, you know, like we kind of can feel early on if like we're meant to do a thing. Um, so I think like trust those gut feelings too. And I, I say like, I think comparison is, is good in terms of like seeing what other people are, are doing and like where there's like a hole that you can fill. You know, like I really, Rain and I will say we're not the first two women to talk about sex on a podcast. Like we didn't, we don't think we invented the genre, um, but there certainly weren't that many. Yeah. And we felt like we could do it differently and better. So I think that's when you, I use comparison of like, what else is out there? How can we do this differently? How can, how can I do this differently? How can we do this better? I felt like that with my Instagram account, I felt like I'm with my blog back in the day um, where I was like, I'm just not seeing other content like this out there. I want to do it myself. But I think where people get like really tripped up is just like, trying to do stuff that doesn't feel authentic to them. You know, I think when everybody started blowing up on TikTok, you could tell when people were like, I should do that exact same thing. And it's not authentic to them. And then it's, it's cringe because it's them trying to like, like copy someone else. Totally. I feel that way all the time when I'm like 
whenever I find myself in a rut, cause I'm pretty like competitive with myself in terms of like growth mm-hmm. on TikTok specifically, sometimes I'll look at other people who are blowing up and I'll be like, okay, maybe I should incorporate some of the stuff that they're doing into my content. And it feels like totally disingenuous. And then also my followers, like they've been there for three years. Like they know they're like, this mm-hmm. isn't you. It's like so obvious and clear when you do that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. and cringe and cringe. Yes. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. And you are different and you've like set a niche for yourself. And I think that you've clearly leaned into that and like what works. And I do think when you build, when you build a platform based on authenticity, you really do have to stick with it because people will feel when it's not authentic. Yes. You know, like I think there's other people that do, Rain and I sometimes think about other like dating experts and dating podcasters and kind of, I don't know, I'm I'm certainly not going to name any names, but where they just feel like they have they're just, they're, they have a little bit more like marketing spin in the way that yeah. they talk about things. Like they kind of have more like taglines. Like they have, it, it, it almost feels like a little rehearsed mm-hmm. and they have the things that they're known for. Like, I think we have things that we're known for, but we didn't plan it that way. Rain and I don't sit down and we're like, today we're going to do this like thing, this tagline, and it's going to blow up. And yeah. it's going to be like, I don't, I don't know how to explain it. Sometimes we, but we get caught up in like, should we be more like that? And then I'm like, no, I wouldn't, it wouldn't feel authentic to me if I was speaking in that sort of way. Yeah. I think the other thing that's really comforting about your podcast in like the grand scheme of other dating content is like a lot of people that talk about dating on the internet say, these are the things you have to do when you're dating or here's what absolutely to never do. People really like those like hard yes, hard no. Yes. I hate you're it. better at like describing this to me. Actually, that's exactly what I'm talking about is like the, these rules and these lists and these things that are super like marketable and yeah. like shareable, but they're not real life and they're not really how humans are. So that's exactly yeah. it. I'm glad it also, you kind of brought, that's what I'm talking it about. It also makes me feel like sometimes I'll see something like that and the person will say something like not to do that. I definitely did. And I've been in a relationship for almost three years and we live together. And it like kind of breaks my heart (laughs) because I'm like, it makes me feel like I failed, but your podcast and the way you guys talk about dating, the way you talk about dating makes me feel like there's always an exception to the rule. You guys might be giving advice, but you'll always like, you're just so like encouraging and open about those kinds of things and like open to nuance and like difference in opinion. And like, you guys kind of like, aren't afraid of that. Whereas like other people, it's like, is this even dating content or is this just like viral? Like, you know, it'll go viral. You know what I mean? Yes. You explained it perfectly. And that's exactly what I was trying to say. It's like, if you want to use when to have sex with somebody, for an example, like it's, there's no rules about this. Like, I don't, (laughs) it's just like, there's no no rules. I mean, my, my story with my current boyfriend is a little different. Um, and like when we met, like whatever, I don't need to get into like the whole thing, but like we had sex the first night, like whatever, we're super in love or it's just, it's just, that's how it, but he wasn't like a stranger on a first hinge date either, but that's all, that's fine either. Like that's fine too. It's just kind of like, that's the, one of the things I think that people get bogged down in the most. And like, I would never answer that question. Like when should you sleep with someone for the first time? That's not a thing that you could just answer. Like whenever you want, whenever it feels right. (laughs) Yeah. I have a lot of thoughts around it. We've done in full ass episodes on it to, it's, it's not a like hard, no, we don't answer that. We have, we give the information, but yes, like considering that everybody's different, all the nuance, what's going on between these two people. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you mentioned recently turning 40 and I wanted to talk about that because correct me if I'm wrong, you had never said how old you were online or like people, maybe people knew I didn't know. 
<laughs> yeah, I just have like been vague. Yeah, <laughs> like because well, I, I, I saw this you on turn our... forty, and I was like, "What?" I literally thought that you were like twenty nine. Like I just was like that, <laughs> in my brain. I was like, "She's forty. Holy fuck! I want to be 40. I was like, "I can't wait to be forty. If this is how hard I'm gonna slay when I'm forty, I literally said it to my boyfriends. I like gasped. I was like, "Oh my god! I've always said I know I'm gonna slay in my forties, and now I really know." I swear to God. Thank you. That makes me like emotional because that was, that's what I would have wanted. You know, I just, I, I talked about this on our show. I talked about it. Like I really thought about a lot of how I wanted to speak about it because the last thing I want to do is act like 40 is old or offend anybody that's 40 or older or like whatever it is. But it just was like a, I don't know. We have, we have been vague about our age over the years. Like, I I mean, I can't like deny that. It's just kind of like a thing that I was like, I don't know, let people think I'm younger. What do I care? So, and that was always kind of the way I moved through life. I said this on our, our episode that like, I liked the people thought I was younger. Who, who wouldn't like that? I I mean, it's fine if you, I just, if you don't, or you think that's like ageist, I'm, I'm sure we all have some internalized ageism, but I didn't mind that, you know? So I don't know. It just, it took, it took a minute for me to like, really be like, there's no way that I can't just like embrace this. You know, like I've, I remember when Beyonce turned 40 or again, like I brought up Chelsea Handler or, you know, Kim Kardashian and just owning it, you know? And it's like, what other option do I have? And I I don't want to sound like egotistical, but yeah, if I could make someone feel good about turning 40, like, oh, I want to like inspire in any way or want to feel or feel better about their own aging or whatever birthday they have coming up. Like that's also the goal. So yeah, I just was like, I'm going to own this. And I feel like I'm in a place that I've, I'm so happy. I've never been happier. You know, I think that a lot of people I've like been getting messages about even my relationship and like, you've shown me that it's never too late. I'm like, Oh my God, I'm not like 60, but it's just kind of, (laughs) yeah, that's kind of the vibe. Like, um, but if that's how it makes you feel, I think that's great too. So, um, yeah, that's kind of, I don't know. It's, it's interesting. You're like, when you, we've always known that we've had like a younger demographic. And I, I think that we have a demographic that really spans all ages, but I think that what we, what we see at our shows trends younger, but we know that we have older listeners. They email us. We know yeah. we have women that are listening in their fifties and, and, and up. Um, but I think part of it was like, we want to be relate relatable, you know, we don't want people, but that doesn't matter. You know, I think that regardless people w- will look up to us and then our audience will also grow with us. And then yeah. we will also bring in older women who are like, yeah. Oh shit, she's there. These girls are in their forties. I mean, Raina's on her forties, but like they're more my age. So I think that the fear that like we would be too old for our audience or something like isn't real. It's fake. You know? Yeah. No, I'm not, yeah. I'm not kidding when I say I just, you know, I, I used to have this fear of like getting older. I think it was more when I was in, like in college, like just this like feeling of doom and dread. And I kind of realized similar to you, like it's inevitable, like it's going to happen. You might as well just embrace it. And I had all this trouble with people saying, you know, college is the best years of your life because I didn't really like college. And I was like, damn, if that was mm-hmm. the best years of my life, like fuck. And then I realized like, well, no one gets to tell me what the best years of my life are. Like I want to be on my deathbed in my nineties one day and be like 45 was the best year ever. Like I never looked hotter. It was nothing was ever better. Like <laughs> yeah. I want every year to get better. And then when I saw your post and just like, I am a religious listener of the podcast. So I feel like I know a lot about you. I'm like, damn, like this is just proof that like your life is your life. Like you get to do whatever the fuck you want in your life. Like if you want to be like 
hot and sexy, you're going to be hot and sexy. Like, it doesn't matter how old you are, where you are, what you're doing. It just like, was this like powerful moment for me that like also made me emotional. And when I listened to your episode, which I recommend to everyone, I was like, yeah, like, fuck. Yeah. Like it was all just like so affirming. And I just think like, we need more people and more women who are like, not afraid to age in any, in any age, you know, like in their twenties, thirties, forties above, like it was just really inspiring. And like, I was just excited that you were kind of like, I'm going to slay and this is the best year. It also felt like a hard launch, like, no, which it, I do love. It felt like a hard launch. <laughs> you kind of hard launched also, right? It was like a slide Insta with the hard launch with the man. Yeah, he was like soft at the end. Yeah, Not he, soft, was the you know soft I mean? he was like the <laughs> soft launch at the end, like a far away photo. But I, you know, it, the your college being the best time of your life, that's such a crazy thing to say. Yeah. And it feels sad. Like it, that like the best time in your life would be – not currently or yeah. they're that far past it if you're in your 30s or your late 20s, your 40s, your 50s, whatever, like that you would be longing for a time that was so long ago when you didn't really have life figured out. Like I get the sentiment of this really special time where, I mean, everybody's college experience is different. I didn't, I, I really enjoyed mine. I didn't feel like I was completely fit in because I went to school in the South, but I made great friends. We're still friends today. Like I had a dope time. You know, you live with your friends, you get ready together. Like there's these things in certain college experiences, traditional college experiences that I feel like I had that you just don't get after that, you know, like in that type of way, the way that you're living. And there's just certain things about college that are really special. So I don't want to take that away from it, but that's a bullshit statement, I think. I mean, if that's the way somebody feels, that's fine. But I've always wanted like the year I'm in to be the best year of my life. Like I don't really, it's felt sad to me to look back and be like, God, I was so much happier back then. Because what I want is like to right now to be the happiest. And if it's not, what can I do? Totally. You know, with the exception of like (laughs) – you know, COVID or whatever, yeah, where we yeah. were like, this is not the best time of my we life. Like, we're fucking inside. <laughs> yeah. Like our lives ebb and flow, but overall, I feel like we should be striving to be our happiest selves in that moment and not wistfully thinking of the past. Yes. Yes. Well, speaking of your relationship and the past and the future, I, I've just like loved hearing how happy you are. And to be honest, like whenever I was going through a breakup, listening to episodes where you and Raina were both single and talking about being single, like honestly saved me, like just to hear like two women who are like, fuck yeah, I'm single and it's hot and it's good. And like, I love my life, like made me love my life. So genuinely thank you for that. But of Of course, then there's like the part of me that's so happy for you now. And like listening to how in love you are, I'm like, oh my God, I've never heard her like this. I feel like I've heard so many like (laughs) different moments in your life. Like, holy shit. How is this relationship like different from the ones in your 20s and like what would you tell your mid-20s 20s self about like 40s Ashley and like the love that you were gonna find um that's like a such an interesting question we actually get asked that a lot we're like what would you tell your younger self I mean 20s I guess is like Again, taking in mind that everybody's different, everybody has different goals. You know, a lot of people are like, if I am not married and pregnant by 30, I'm going to die, you know, which yeah. is it's fine if you feel that way. But it's a lot. I, yeah. So I think like the, to tell myself in my 20s would just be like to take the pressure off and just truly have fun. You know, I think I was in in relationships 
when I was like 25 that like felt so serious, you know, like, oh my God, you know, what if this doesn't work out? It's like, it's probably not going to work out. Like it could, but I think I was like, I took everything too, too seriously back then. And I think I would like, I didn't give people a lot of grace. I think I had too high of expectations. I just didn't know enough about being a good partner and like being more relaxed and, you know, I I, I don't know. I I just don't feel like I was a, I think I was fun to party with. I don't think I was like a fun girlfriend or like a fun person to date. I think I just had like too high expectations, like too just, um, I'm trying to think of the word. It was just a little, a little too neurotic when it came yeah. to relationships and also just too drunk, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, just like getting drunk and being an asshole. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I just, I had a relationship that this was like when I was like, you know, 30, like early thirties, this was like my other most serious relationship. I, I do feel like I, I, I was in love. Um, it was pretty volatile. I learned a lot. Um, I, I still like, wish nothing but the best for this person. For this person, but um, I also don't think I was a great partner then. I think that I wasn't like fully equipped to handle like conflict the way I am now. I just feel like I've learned so much with the luxury of what we do for a living. You know, with inter- like learning so much ourselves, becoming experts in all of this, and interviewing all of the foremost experts in every area of yeah. dating, relationships, and sex. So. For me, I was like, I just know that when I meet this person who, I mean, it's still really early, but I think like both of us know this is like, this is going to be, is for real. And we both are very much in love with each other and talking about the future and things like that. So I do feel like I wouldn't have been ready to meet him um, 10 years ago. Or So I just, I always felt like I've been through these different relationships. I've learned so much. I have like achieved so much of my own dreams on my own. I've built this life for myself that I love so much that it couldn't be better. And now I'm like actually ready for this person in it. I also felt like when Rain and I were really grinding so much, we were starting vibes. Like I had no time. Like we were like having like so much anxiety about our, how busy we were. We had we were, we were, there was moments where we were like, what do we do? What do, why do we bring this on ourselves? You know, like, and then now it's relaxed. I have more time and we've hired, made some great hires and I have like the time and the energy and like, I'm just the, the, the right person that I would want to be with. Like if I would want to, that I would, if you're like, would you date yourself? It's like, yeah, yeah. I think I'm great. I don't, I wouldn't have said that before. Uh, I just didn't know enough. I wasn't relaxed enough. And I just feel like now is the perfect time that I'm like ready to even be in this yeah. relationship. So with like all the, like the, where I am in, in life, I mean, yeah, it kind of sucks that like I'm in the West coast now and he's in the East coast, but it's what it is. We'll figure it out. But I don't know, I guess, I don't know if that's like answers the question. No, I just feel like it, you're not, sometimes you're just not ready to yeah. meet that person. And you surely know? he and, would probably say the same. Like he would also say like, this wasn't any other time. Wasn't the time to meet you. Like I needed to be yeah. now. Yeah, totally. I think that's like a really great thing to hear. And I really liked what you said about, you know, being in your 20s and like kind of like the the pressure and the seriousness because I feel that a lot now. And again, I think it goes back to like what we were saying about social media, but like I can't like even go on a trip with my boyfriend without people being like, oh, he's going to propose. And it's like, why Like, why can't I – like I'm just getting started. Like I, I have all these like goals for myself. Like 
I'm not ready for that. Mm -hmm. That's like not where my brain is. And it frustrates me too, because then, you know, you have people saying like, oh, that like, it's probably not like, you know, people will say so many things about your relationship and just definitely different, like being in the public eye and everything, but just frustrates me a lot because I'm like, I, I know that I'll feel ready for those certain things when I am, but like, I still feel just like so young and like, I have so many other priorities and like, I'm just happy where I am. And it's so frustrating to me, like that pressure that like society puts on like specifically women, I think like post-grad to like immediately like get into a relationship that you're going to be in forever when it's just like, I'm just trying, like trying things out right now. I find it insane. I don't, I didn't, I like, to me, I'm like, you know, my, the people that I've always kind of, I mean, my college girlfriends all got married in their twenties. Um, I'm just like the one outlier of that whole group. You know, they all have kids and we're all, you know, still close. We took a trip together earlier this year. Like we're still tight, but I'm just very different than the other six of them. Um, but my other friends that I kind of met like in my, you know, post-grad life, like I don't know. It's like, it feels young to get married in your twenties in the first place. Like, I feel like we're, our mindset is like, who's getting married in their twenties anymore. And I know that that people are, and I know that people still think that way. And like, I, my, you know, outlook on the world is like maybe a a little bit skewed, but it's crazy to me. You're 24. Are you 24, 25? 25. 25. Like, it's crazy that people are saying that. Like, I don't know. I find it like to be, feel really dated, I guess. And I, I and know I'm like, it's like when a we place get, of love too, yeah. kind of, but it's like, totally. Yeah. I went to Italy and like, I made a TikTok and like, I swear to God, like every single comment, hundreds were about that. And I was like, can I just like have a good time? Like, can I just like fuck yeah. around or like, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. And I think I don't want to take, I don't, I, what I don't want to do is like shit on anyone's dreams. You know, I really do. I think people are like, you know, the way that they were raised or like, well, my mom started having kids at 19. So I want to start having kids at 19. Like, I don't, I don't know. It's like, I don't want to take anything away from anybody, but even sometimes when we get emails, like for me at this age to, you know, we get messages and emails from girls in their twenties. And I just, I don't want to be condescending. I don't want to be like, listen, it's, it's just relax. It's fine. You're so young, but it is how I feel, you know, like you really have so much time. Like I'm at the age where I have girlfriends that are, you know, wanting to have children and struggling because they're in their late thirties and they're freezing their eggs. And like, that's what the women in my circle are are dealing with if that, that wanted, wanted children. Like that's actually a real concern. It's actually like a biologically, I may not be able to have this thing that I've wanted and I don't have a partner and I want to have a family. And so I can really speak to that, but twenties and you're like, am I ever going to find somebody? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) totally. And then when you're also like, know what you want out of life, you may have achieved some things and you feel really happy. And like, you've built this life that you're proud of. And I also, that's also not to say that you can't do that with a partner. And I always just want to make that super clear. I did that. I like built the life. I did the thing. I achieved so much and I did it with Raina as my partner, but not a romantic partner. And that's just my story. And I don't think that needs to be everyone's story. I think there's a lot to be said for following your dreams and having a bomb ass career. And you still have, you know, a man at home supporting you, not stay at home. You know what I mean? You still have like a partner in life, a romantic partner. Yeah. So either way, I remember like I was like 19 years old and going through this breakup and like my dad called me to like see how I was doing or something and I said something like well I just don't want to um like end up alone like I'm afraid I'm not going to find anyone and he hung up on me and I was like (laughs) oh like dad like I called him back I was like oh did like our call drop and he's like 
no, I fucking hung up on you. Like I, he was like, he was like, you're 19 years old. You need to get over yourself right now. Like, I know you're going through it, but like, that's ridiculous. And he was like, and by the way, like I met your mom when I was 31 because there were other people that came into my life, but I just was waiting for like me to be in the right place and to meet the right person. And like, I wouldn't have settled. Like I was 31, dude, you're 19. Mm -hmm. And he was like, like, I'm so glad that I didn't just like stick with people just because I was afraid that I wouldn't find someone. Like you're gonna find someone if that's what you want out of your life. Like you need to relax. It was just like such like a moment for me where I was like, oh, he's right. Like I'm gonna be like, if you wanna be in a relationship, you're gonna be in one. It's just, it's all at the right time. Absolutely. I love that your dad said that. I think that's even when my, maybe that's when my brother met his wife, maybe like 31, maybe he was 32. And he was a person that was like, would have rather met, you know, his wife, gotten married, had kids way before that, but he was like waiting for the right person. And, um, it just, it is so true. And I, I don't know, like when I think, I just, when I, think of like giving advice to younger people. I also think of how I was at that age where it really did feel like the end of the world. Like things just felt like this is the biggest deal, you know? And I think you hear anyone who's like a little older, like if you could change anything, I forget what interview I was watching with somebody. I wish I could remember. It was somebody that I love and like look up to and respect. And they asked her like, if there's anything you could tell your change about your life, go back and change, tell your younger self, same type of question. It was just like to not make everything, everything is not such a big deal. Like it's really, it feels like it in the moment, but when you are in your twenties, you really have the rest of your life ahead of you. Like you still have like a, you can start a whole new life. You can start a whole new life at any time, but truly that is like the time when you're like, I don't even, I could have gone to school for this. I could have gone to grad school for this. Like, and I don't want to do it anymore. And it's like no better time to just like actually start fresh, you know? Again, you can do that at any age, but when you're, you're young, you have the energy, you're, you know, haven't quite gone down some road that's hard to turn back. Yeah. Did you, so you mentioned like your friends and your college friend group, like were kind of on a different path and wanted different things, which I'm the same way. Like I would never shame, like if any of my friends get engaged tomorrow, I'm going to be so fucking excited. Even if they're 23, 24 years old, like if that's what they want and that's their happiness, then I'm happy for them. Did you ever feel like this comparing yourself or do you ever feel lonely? I feel like I get a lot of DMs and a lot of like my audience asks me all the time, like, how do you navigate that? Because I feel like I can't get out of this like comparison game. Did you ever feel like you were comparing yourself or were you always kind of like, well, that's not what I want. So I'm just going to be happy for them. Or was there ever those moments of like insecurity or loneliness or comparison? Um, I think I always knew I was like different from, from them. You know, I feel like I knew that I probably wouldn't be like getting married that young. And I always knew I didn't want kids. So I just always felt like in a way I was on a different path than them. That was this like, I want to be famous someday path, you know, like none of them were ever felt that way. I mean, I don't know. It's like, I can't, there were, there definitely were times. And I do feel like where I was just like, I want like a boyfriend, like a serious relationship, like everybody else. Like I haven't really had that. Like I dated someone kind of off and on long distance for so many years. It was always back and forth, but that like, I guess I was like, I haven't really had this person who I've been in like a real long-term in love with relationship when everyone else has. That's the thing that I was like, 
I wanted and didn't have. So I, and then when I, I, I did find that and, but I felt like I was a little behind in that way, I guess. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't that I hadn't had boyfriends. It wasn't that I hadn't had relationships, but I was like, I just don't feel like I've had that like big one and everybody else has, or they're married. And so that was the thing that I felt like was kind of missing in my, my life. And we get emails and messages like that all the time of girls that are like, you know, whether they are virgins and they feel like they're older than all their friends or they've never had a boyfriend and they're in their mid to late twenties and they feel so like, they feel like freaks you know, they're just like, feel like they're so different. Something's wrong with them. And it just, it's not, that's not the truth, obviously. And I think the more we get like that, the more I always want to share that, that like, that's not real. You know, like I want these, also want these girls to like find each other. (laughs) So you know that you're like not so different. Yes. And none of this is weird. Yes. I think it's been really helpful for me having friends who, you know, kind of share those values that I have where it's like, I don't, I have a lot of friends who aren't sure if they would ever want kids or maybe don't want kids. And I have a lot of friends who, you know, aren't sure if they would ever want to get married. And like, I've always had kind of like flex views. Like I do think that those are things that I want, but I've oscillated throughout my life. And and in college there were moments where I like looked at myself and I was like, could I ever see my, I don't know. And so I think having people to just like talk about these things with openly is like the savior. It's like the, the everything. Yeah. And it's, I mean, I want to like validate when you're like, I want this relationship. I want to be in love. It's the best feeling in the world. I can't like deny that, but you, you can't force it. So what are you going to do? You know, like the only thing you can do is like make your own life better. So when you do meet somebody, they're like, that girl's dope as hell. You know, like not everybody needs to be on some crazy career path, but it, whatever it is, it's like a trip you want to take, a hobby you wanted to pick up, like make new friends, you know, do these different things to make your life full rather than just sitting around and waiting and feeling sad about it. And that's yeah. also not to negate that it does feel sad and lonely sometimes, but it's kind of my feeling is like, well, what are you going to do? Yeah. Like you can do all the things you can date, but you might just not find the person. The best thing you could do to find the person is like get out there and have a, a life that you really like and enjoy. Yeah. So when you do meet the person, they aren't like, whoa, this person's just been sitting around waiting for me. They have nothing else going on. <laughs> well, I saw someone say this recently. They were like, there's no such thing as playing hard to get. You have to just be hard to get. And to be hard to get, you have to have a full fucking life. You have to be busy. You yep. have to have <laughs> friendships exactly that it. you love. You have to have hobbies. You have to be doing things. And then other people are going to see you as somebody who is hard to get because their life is already so full that they're only looking for an addition. They're not going to look for someone to just like come in and take up a space. Like they're only looking for I mean, someone that's, like, that's exactly it. That's like, yeah. that's exactly it. And I love that that just, I love that like, playing hard to get, like actually being hard to get means that like, you're not just sitting around waiting for someone to text you or ask you to go out. Like you have plans with your friends or solo or whatever with your dog, like whatever you have going on, because you can really smell the desperation on somebody when they are just sitting around waiting to make you the most important thing in their life. And I don't really Mm -hmm. think that anybody wants that. And if someone does want that, I, that's a red flag to me Yeah, is, you know, is like, if, if there is like a man, for example, that is seeking out a woman that's doesn't have anything else going on. So he can be her full life and she can just, you know, so that, yeah, we don't, and we don't want that. So that's, that's exactly it. And it's like, anytime anything's ever worked out with me or with, with the relationship, it is because I do think they perceive me as a person that has a lot going on that is like 
quote unquote hard to get, but it's again, it's not something that you can manufacture and it's not something that you can fake. It's just that like, this is my life. I'm busy. I like you. I'm going to make time for you when I can. But again, I'm not just like sitting around waiting for you to wife me up. Yeah. I love it. So you mentioned how you've chosen that you don't want kids and that's something that you've known for a really long time. And I love when you speak on this because I just feel like, again, it's like something that validates so many people. I'm wondering how you approach on a first date because people have asked me this before. And as somebody who's in her adult dating life, been sure that she's wanted children, I've never had to breach that subject. So when, when you're sitting down for a first date, like I think girls are really scared of like insinuating almost that they're going to have kids with the person on the other side of the table. And I'm like, okay, that's silly. Of course I can give like guidance, but I'm wondering like how you would really approach it because I think it's really helpful to hear from someone that's actually experiencing that. You mean like telling someone you don't want yeah, them telling on a date? You don't want yeah. Kids. I mean, I can't, it's like, it, we, you know, we always say that someone like tried to insult me by saying like, it's all Ashley talks about. It's part of her personality. And it's like, it is part of my personality. <laughs> like that's not an insult. Well, that's also rude I, to say. I don't, like it, it, I, yeah. it might be someone's part of their personality that they want them. Like who cares? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like if you want to be a mom, that's part of your personality. So, um, and it's not that I'm talk about it incessantly, whatever you, you listen to the show, you know, but it comes up a lot. And so I don't hesitate to bring it up on a first date if it's if it comes up somehow naturally i feel like it is it has come up on a first date where i'm having that type of conversation with somebody if it mm. if it happens like if i i feel like the conversations about what you want out of life are coming up if you are vibing with somebody. You know, yeah. I feel like we've all gone on like surface level first dates that's not coming up and you're probably never going to see that person again. Like you you didn't have a connection with them maybe. And it's so that therefore it doesn't matter. Mm. But I feel totally comfortable if I've been out with somebody, you know, it's been a couple hours, we're connecting and I, it happens to come up. I like that, you know, I think that we've, with some dating apps, it's like part of your profile even. And I've said before that when I was dating, um, on going on dates on Hinge that if it's someone had on their profile that they wanted children, I I would just X out because I was like, if it's important enough for you to put on your profile that you want them, I'm not going to go down this road. Yeah. So I don't – I say this with like I'm totally comfortable bringing it up very early on, but I don't think someone needs to stress themselves out with like I need to bring this up on a first date. I mean, who knows what, what's going to happen after the first date. It's a first date. You know, let's see if you even want to go out with this person again. So I just think like that's not a conversation that needs to come up, but – I also think it's not weird if it does. Uh, to me, I just think that you can usually g- gauge a person by talking about what they want out of life. I mean, Raina would say that she would ask a question like, where do you see yourself in five years or mm. 10? I guess it depends on your age. You know, uh, us in our 30s, like five years feels kind of appropriate. Like if you want kids and you want a family and someone asks you on a date, like what do you, you know, where do you kind of see yourself in five years? Where do you see yourself living? Like it probably is going to come up whether or not they want a family. Um, so I like for it to come up kind of early because if I'm connecting with somebody, I really don't want to go on like a third date with them and go further down this road. If I know the kids is like really important to them. Yeah. So I don't know. It's just never been something that I've had any shame around. I've been really confident in my decision. And I just think that the worst thing that can happen is that you really do fall for somebody and you never had the conversation. And 
as a woman, like, you know, I think that men, in my personal experience, even like my dad, you know, my dad like told my mom we don't want kids. She was like, okay, well, let's just see, you know, like, I, yeah. and that's not to say that you want to try to change someone's mind, but you see, I think men maybe bend a little more or they're kind of like, I maybe, I'm not sure, you know, if they say hard, no, then you should respect it. But as the woman, like you'd have to have the kids. So it's like, if you feel so strongly that you don't want them, you really just shouldn't go down the road with a guy that's like, I really want kids. I really want to have a family. Like I've always pictured it. And my um, previous relationship where, where we were really serious, he was like, I think I could do without them. You know, I think it's not something that I have these big dreams, like of being a father. And if that's something that you don't think that you'd want to do, like, that's fine with me. And, you know, that was obviously an answer that was great for me to hear this current relationship. I mean, he knew cause he has listened to the show before. Um, but I brought it up pretty early on just to remind him. Yeah. <laughs> and then when we had, um, a, like our talk where we were in Mexico and we just, I mean, we'd, you know, been in a relation, we were committed, but we hadn't had like the talk, I guess, where we were like made it official, decided like, we're going to commit to this. I brought it up again and was just yeah. like, I just want to, I just want to, you know, where I stand on this. And, um, if you feel like you change your mind, I just, I want you to tell me that, like he, you know, he has obviously said, like, I think I'll be fine without him, you know, yeah. over, over the, and I don't think it's just me. He said like over the past couple of years, I just thought this might have be something that is for me. And of course I want to be you know, like an uncle and a godfather to my friend's kids, like whatever it may be. I like want kids in my life, which is the same way that I feel I'm an aunt, but I just don't, I don't have that like de- desire. And I was just like, great, obviously let me, you know, if you change your mind, you just got to tell me. Yeah. I'm I'm curious how you've navigated because I feel like I've even had to like I know we all have had like difficult conversations with like people who are older than us people in other generations like I feel like I've had to so many times like stand up for women when people bring up like oh well they'll regret it like it's always like it's always like boomers it's always like people it's always like people my parents age or older like 60s and even 70s they're like oh well you'll regret it if you don't have kids I'm like what are you talking about? Like, how do you know you have them? Like, what if I didn't want them? I, I don't think I would regret yeah. it because like I can make a choice for myself. Like, have you ever had that feedback? And like, what do you say to that? It's so frustrating to me. It's so frustrating. And I really, that's like, that's, that's even like a harsher statement than like, you'll change your mind, which I also hate, but you, you could also regret having kids. So, yeah. and, which is even worse. <laughs> Like, you know mm-hmm, what I mean? And mm-hmm. we, we get, we've gotten those messages you know, those were some of the heaviest messages that we've ever gotten. I will say is after we did our episode about being child-free by choice was women who were like, I just, I had kids. I thought that's what I was supposed to do. And I just don't think I'm meant to be a mom. And I, I can't believe that they felt like we were a safe enough space to t- tell us that it's such an honor because that is a really hard thing to tell anybody. Cause you're not, you love your kids. You're, you know, the, the women couldn't stress it enough. I'm a great mom. I'm decorating for Christmas right now. Like I love my kids, but like, I just don't think I was supposed to live this life. Like, yeah. you know, there's the, the underlying theme, whether they wrote it or not was like, I wish I didn't have kids. And it's like such a hard thing to say. I mean, I'm sure there's like some support groups on the internet, but people want to, they don't want to put this out into the world. 
they, you know, have the guilt and shame surrounding it. So there's that, you know, I think that my, my take on having kids is like the way that they change your life is nothing else changes your life more. It's like a lifelong commitment. And if you want to be a good parent, it is. And I, you, you should want them so badly and really feel sure. And you women dealing with like regret and postpartum and, you know, feeling like they lose their identity. And I think that having kids is a beautiful thing. I couldn't like want kids in my life more, you know, I have like one nephew. I'm like, there's going to be more on the way. Like I, I I love it. I just, I'm not anti, but it's really, it's, it's really a, it's a dangerous thing to tell someone like you should do this thing that you maybe don't want to do because you're going to regret it later. I just, I find that like to be like really wild. And I, um, yeah. And we, there was this meme that people, sent to me, oh my God, it like made me so emotional. And it was like, there's this, I think it was this woman and she was like, she was older. She was in like her sixties and seventies. And she was like, over time, I've seen all the different types of mothers. And there's mothers that are super close with their children. That would like their adult children. That would be like me, me and my, my parents and everything's great. And my parents are just like, obviously so happy that they had the kids and we have this great relationship. It was a little rocky when I was a kid, but you know, it's, <laughs> it's great now. And there's, you know, women who have chosen not, chose not to have children and they're like living amazing lives and they're older and they feel great about it and they have no regrets. And then there's also parents that like aren't close with their children at all. So yeah. there, you also have no guarantees that you're going to have those perfect relationships or that you're going to have, you know, healthy children or whatever it is. There are just no guarantees in life. So I also just feel like you should really want to do this and commit to it instead of being bullied into it by society or by your parents, your grandparents or whoever it maybe because it's, there are no guarantees. It's, it's such a commitment and I don't know. So I just get like really fired up when people try to tell you otherwise. And, um, my mom, it's interesting because my, my mom who is 72, um, three of her closest friends, like don't have kids, which I find is so crazy for that generation. And that's her circle. Like I think one struggled with it and then eventually just didn't have any. And two of her best friends are, again, just chose, didn't, chose not to have kids. And their lives are amazing. And I love them. And it's like, it's, I find it so interesting because of the choice that I just, that I made that also like my mom chose these type of women as well to surround herself with. And again, their lives are great. That's I think so one comforting. of them is like stepkids. Yeah. So, and it, there's other ways to be a mother. I mean, you could marry someone with, with children, you know, you could have like, uh, I mean, you know, dogs aren't the same, but you could like live no, a life with a bunch of pets. Yeah, like you have, you have like a nurturing aspect of your life. Yeah. You definitely have a nurturing aspect of your life. Like you're such a dog person and your dog is like your kid. It's such a big part of your life. Yeah. And it's, it's like, I, I know it's not the same, but it's like, I just, I also get, there's like this, I think sometimes women have chosen not to have kids children have this stigma of like, they're not nurturing or they're not caring or they don't like kids. And it's like, none of those things have to be true. They're not true with me. Yeah. A hundred percent. Well, one of my favorite things to do with people who like astrology, and I know you like (laughs) astrology to wrap up is this little game where I'll ask you a bunch of different questions and you just have to give me the Zodiac sign that fits as the answer. You're cancer, (laughs) right? I am. I'm cancer, cancer sign, cancer moon, Scorpio okay, rising. See, see, this is clearly why I like you because I'm a cancer sign, cancer moon, sad rising. Oh my gosh. However, wow. 
my mom like didn't know my birth like she didn't know what time I was born and she like just told me a made up number when I was in college and oh, the no. made up number was giving me Scorpio rising so I lived a lie for like literally so long <laughs> and then it made much more sense when I found out about the Sag thing it just like makes more sense for my personality okay. But I was like trying to be a Scorpio rising for like several years. And then I went and looked at my birth certificate because I was like, let me just make sure this bitch is like got her shit like down and like she knows what's oh my good. God. And, and she was lying. And I was like, mom, like you lied to me. She was like, you were just annoying me. You asked so many times. Like you just like wouldn't <laughs> stop. I didn't know where your birth certificate was. So I just like told you like 3 p.m. And I was like, mom, you can't do that. It like changed everything. So we almost. <laughs> that is so funny. Yeah. Well, anyway, though, we almost had identical. Well, that's kind of where I'm trying to, we're trying to figure out my, I'm trying to get my boyfriend's time that he's born. We have like the date, we have the place because I'm trying to like do his birth chart. What? But I will say that I thought he was a Scorpio for the first like month we were together. Or I don't know, first month. Early on, I thought he was a, a Scorpio. I, I asked him his birthday before a month in, but there was a little bit of time there when we first started talking, first started dating. And I was like, he's a Scorpio, you know, whatever. He's like super hot. He's like super sexy, whatever, all this. And he turns out he's a Libra. I just had like, I had the, the date. I thought that I met him closer to his birthday, but his birthday had been sooner. So he's on the cusp, but he is a Libra, which just blew my mind. I was like, wow. I thought I was with this sexy Scorpio guy. And I've been out here bragging about with it. a Libra. <laughs> I love and it. He's he's like so wonderful. And I told my astrologist friend and she's like, well, the Libras are like the most unproblematic zodiac sign. Like really that's are. so accurate. No one ever there's not even anything about them. No, like they're, negative. They're, they're all balance, harmony, peace. Like that's all they want. It's great. Yeah. Well, okay. So to start, give me your favorite sign that isn't your sign. Gemini. Well, I feel bad because my boyfriend's Libra, but I just I feel like it's it's got it's Reina. It's like a couple of people in my no, life it's that a are great super one. close. Yeah. It's a great one. What about your least favorite sign? Oh my god, um, this is like so tough. Like I feel like I just like I'm gonna like insult somebody, um, and then every well, I know you want this to be rapid fire, but like if I say things, I'm, I'm thinking of like the people that are close to me that are. Yeah, that too. no, I, I always do that. Like, I really don't like Pisces, but my brothers are Pisces, and I'm like, well, I don't mean them. It's just like other ones. <laughs> I think I'm just gonna go with Pisces. Also, I like yeah. the only person I can really think of is my grandmother, and she's dead, and she's not gonna hear this. So um, I'm sure <laughs> I have other Pisces friends, but I just can't think of them off the top of my head. So I'm gonna also go with that. Pisces. Okay, the sign of the best first date you ever went on. God. Um, Sag. Sag. Definitely. They're like just – they have the best spew. They have the best like energy. Okay. Like I – yeah. Okay. Keep going. No, no, no. Keep going. No, no, no. I don't even know what I was going to say. Let's keep rolling. The weirdest first date that you've ever been on. Um. Oh, my God. But like what do I even know that person's sign? Um, Probably the Capricorn. Yeah, they're weird. That's a good answer. No, they're weird. They're so like like my dad's a Capricorn, and it's like you can't even have a conversation with them. I'm like, where's your brain? Like, give me your brain. Well, it's funny because like all these are like the women are fine. You know what I mean? Oh, like the my women are always like, fine. Like I just want to be always be clear that I'm mostly just talking about men when I yeah. do this. No, all the women are like, fine. Capricorn women, amazing, motivated, Incredible. ambitious. Capricorn men, odd. Um, the best hookup <laughs> or sex of your life. <laughs> I mean, it's you have it's to say my Libra. boyfriend now. Yes, Libra. <laughs> you have to say Libra. You have no choice. Okay, but you don't have it to. It really be- is, though. I swear. I love it. Like, who, whoever said this, Libra guys can fuck. Like, I guess I'm living proof. 
Yeah, exactly. Now <laughs> spread it around. The worst yeah. hookup or sex of your life. Um, oh God. I'm like, I, I don't know that I would know. You wouldn't know their sign. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, I just, I feel like I know Raina's. <laughs> <laughs> Sagittarius. Marina would probably first and last name drop them and then also say the sign. The full chart. Yeah, exactly. Like I'm thinking of a particular guy that she had a really bad hookup with and I think he's a Sagittarius. She definitely knew the sign. We're going to go with that. What about the sign that you're just like you have really fond memories in dating? Like you just have gone on a few dates with somebody of this sign and you're like, wow, that, that was like a great sign to date. Um, oh, I know this one. Um, Aries. Oh, really? That's Mm. so interesting (laughs) to me that like, you're like the emotional cancer side and like you would be attracted to like the fiery passion, but I guess it's kind of fun to date that kind of person. Yeah. I just have like an ex I'm thinking of. And I remember his, I remember his birthday because it was really close to my mom's and, um, I just, yeah, like fond memories. It was, you know, nothing bad to say. So like look back with, with like, Good vibes. I love Aries. it. Okay. So then the last one is, have you ever dated somebody with your own sign or slept with someone with your own sign? And what was the experience? I, I'm just obviously I've slept with someone. I've slept with a million people. So I've definitely slept with like a cancer <laughs> man. Like just technically I know that I have, but dated, I, I just, I just don't, I don't think so. Me either. I've never actually ever slept with a cancer man or dated a cancer man. Wait, when is your birthday again? July July? 22nd. I'm the last day. So a lot of people are- Oh my gosh. Would argue I'm a Leo, but I'm not. I'm very much so not. It is the 22nd. Okay. Yeah. Um, My whole family, well, my, my, me and my dad and my brother are all cancer. My mom's just like random Aries, but my, our, my dad's birthday is the seventh. Mine's the ninth. My brother's is the 19th. Oh, damn. Um, So it's just like kind of- kind of crazy. And then she's this like outlier, but also my new nephew is a Libra. So I'm like big on, I'm it's like a big, a lot of Libra. It's been a Libra year. It's a Libra year for you. But cancer men, I mean, I don't know. I always, I get like offended because it's like my dad and brother when people speak ill of them, yeah. but and people do. I don't, <laughs> but like, people do. I know. I see um, it all the time yeah. and I'm like, I have no experience. I have nothing to add. I wouldn't want to yeah. date. I wouldn't want to date someone with my like flaws that I know are from being a cancer though. So sometimes I'm like, maybe they're right, but I'm also defensive of our, (laughs) I'm very defensive of our sign. I'm like, don't say anything bad about us. But everybody says it's everything bad. It's the whole internet. I mean, I feel like this was like the thing that we like went the most viral for over the girls got a history was like the meme. So it's always the worst thing. Like the like attack on cancer. It was always like, even recently it was just like, Chipotle things at Chipotle and cancer's like napkins to wipe your tears. It's like, it's come like, on. It's like, like, it's not even song. a food item. Yeah. It's like the signs is whatever. And whatever the cancer thing is always is like shit. It's like, it just sucks. It's crazy. It was the signs as pies. Cancer was just the crust. It was like the signs as things at McDonald's. Cancer is the water cup. Like it's always <laughs> some slight. We like did this thing with like, it, this was so many years ago and people will still send me the memes about it where like, I was like, what is going on at Refinery29? Like, what is going – who is writing these? They are really have something against us. But it's also just – I think there's so many. I think it's like – it's got to be one of the widely most, like, 
hate what it. people are like population wise. Yeah. Like we're just an easy target, but I'm like, you guys are all jealous. You're jealous. Like you all wish you're, you were you're not emotionally intelligent and you're not also a bitch. Like you, you can't be both and that's a, your fault. <laughs> Yeah. Well, we, we did the whole thing on Taurus men for a while and people really, cause I felt like that with an ex, like, but then Heather McMahon started going off about it. And so I was like, this is a thing. They're awful. So we really started going off about Taurus men and it really resonated. My words to ex is a Taurus man. So I mean, this is everybody's story. Sign me up. Well, Ashley, thank you so much for coming on. Please let everyone know where they can find you, where they can listen. And oh my I, gosh, I just know everyone's going to have me. loved this so much. It was so much fun. Okay. Um, I hope so. Um, yeah. So you can listen to Girls Gotta Eat wherever you get podcasts. We have our full episodes on YouTube as well. And then we're on tour um, starting now pretty much like at the fall. So we have tour dates all over the U.S. and in London. And that's all at girlsgottoeat.com. And if you want to follow me on Instagram, I'm Ash Hess and on TikTok too, but I've just you know been taking a break. But I'm Ash Hess on everything. Well, I can't wait to see you guys on tour. And don't forget, guys, like get your vibrators, vibes only. Oh, yeah, vibesonly.com. Sorry, <laughs> I just need to plug that too. Vibesonly.com, vibes only on Instagram. We have so many products dropping for the fall. We have like a uh, blow gel, fall flavors, Christmas flavors, like all kinds Please of crazy tell stuff me coming it's for the holidays. Spice. I need a pumpkin it, spice. It obviously is. And everybody keeps guessing it. And I'm like, we've been trying to keep it a secret, but like everyone guesses it. So what we're if like, you came I out think and you, it was like apple pie. It was like something super fucking random. People would be like, what? <laughs> we've looked into apple pie, but yes, we are doing the PSL for your DSLs in the fall. And I love it. we cannot wait. <laughs> thank you so, so much. Yeah, um, thank so you. Good job to you and bye guys. Good to talk to you too. Bye.